Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Here on Inside Black and Gold, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason, and there also must be a reason why the Saints played so badly in this game. We're going to get into some of the studs, but, you know, there weren't that many of them, so it's going to be mostly about the duds here from Week 7, a 42-34 to 34 loss, an 8-point loss that's way more generous than it should be for the Saints. And so let's start with you, Steve. And we'll start with the positives because there's not going to be that many. Um, but let's start with who was your stud from the week seven debacle that was out in Glendale? Well, I feel the need, the need for Rashid. Man, Rashid Shahid has been awesome. I just wish we would see more of him. Obviously, now his second touch uh, opens the the game for the Saints with a huge touchdown. And is that 
we talk about spark, we talk about energy, just seems to be that guy, that seem, a, a special presence there. And I just wish we got to see more of him. Unfortunately, he did have a small mishap, I guess you would say, in the return game where the turf monster got him, where it looked like he had a decent return ahead of him. But all in all, Rashid Shahid's been a huge plus, and I just want to get him more involved in this offense. Just two touches seems pretty absurd to me. Yeah, it's funny because you could have gone with either of his names on that kind of that little catchphrase you have for him. So you went with Rashid. I would have gone with Shahid, but either way, it got an Eid in there and it works. But yeah, no, I mean, he has had one of the more remarkable starts to his Saints career in that uh, I don't know if you could be more efficient. If you're if you're one of those on pace for people, Rashid Shahid is currently on pace for six carries for 264 yards and six touchdowns, a, a clean 44 yards a carry. And six catches for 318 yards and six touchdowns, a clean 53 yards per reception. So at this point, you know, the facts will tell you that if you give Rashid the ball, he's going to get all the way to the end zone and he will not get tackled. I mean, that, that's just that's just the numbers. The numbers don't lie. But yeah, so this is the second consecutive game. Rashid Shahid has had a long touchdown in the first quarter and then not touched the ball again. He played 10 snaps in this game. That's up one from a week before. You know, I... <laughs> I had people tell me, well, he's not worked into the game plan, whatever. You know, you don't you don't need to be working in the game plan to be the person getting the ball on a particular play, right? I, I get it. You, you know, the, his route tree is limited. So you're not going to say, oh, you need to force him five, six targets. But, you know, why not give him another fly sweep, right? Well, why not call another fly sweep and see what he can do, right? You don't need to call six of them. <laughs> but, like, find a way to get the ball in his hands. Get in the ball on a screen, you know, do something. To, to incorporate this dynamic athlete into your offense and doing it once is great. You can't just do it once and say, yep, yeah, okay, see you next week. Like, that can't happen. The one stat that I thought was interesting, Rashid Shahid joins Marquise Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown, the, the Cardinals yeah. player who wasn't there, as the only two players dating back to 1991, which is when kind of the, the stats are, are reliable, they're the only two players to score 40-plus yard touchdowns on their first two career touches. That's unreal, right? Which is just kind of a – it's wild that they can even find that stat that fast. But, you know, that's how impactful he's been. It would be even more ironic, I guess, if Brown was active for that game. Well, yeah, right. It was. It's funny that it happened against the Cardinals and, and Hollywood Brown wasn't there. You know, he's basically just like – it's like a Space Jam thing where he just like sapped all of his powers. And yeah. now it's Rashid with those powers. But, yeah, no, he's – He's been excellent. I'd like to see him do a little more in the return game, right? Like, I'd like to see him, you know, the, I didn't expect the long touchdowns out of him. I expected more of an impact in the return game. Yeah. And so you're hoping he can be more impactful there. But, yeah, I mean, you see the vision with him for sure. And now we know for sure why this team was we, – we talked about hiding him in the preseason and didn't want other teams to get a glimpse of what this guy's capable of. Yeah, no, I mean, it's he's 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 a special special type of athlete, and you got to find a way to get him more involved. Now, my stud is another rookie, and I think all you need to know about uh, this player's performance is that it actually managed to get a slight bit of emotion out of Dennis Allen, which to this point, I wasn't sure was possible. But here's that. Yeah, I, I really like what I supply to him. I saw a guy that, that freaking fought and competed on every single play, and that's that's really what we based what we do here defensively around is guys going out fighting and competing. And I thought he challenged 
on every single play, and, and he didn't win every one of them, but I thought he challenged on every single one of them. So I was impressed with his performance, and, and certainly, um, you know, if he stays healthy, uh, I see him being a part of what we're trying to do as we move forward. Wow, Coach Allen saying freaking. Yeah, he's pretty passionate on that one, huh? Uh, yeah, and obviously he's talking about Alante Taylor, the rookie out of Tennessee. The same Alante Taylor that everyone told me was a terrible pick because the Saints were so stacked at, at quarterback that he was never going to see the field, and they just wasted a second-round draft pick on a special teams player. Well, you needed him in week seven. It only took seven weeks for the reason you drafted Alante Taylor to become obvious, right? You can never have too many quality defensive backs on your roster they get hurt they miss games you need them and for a guy to just come off of injured reserve he missed four weeks and came back and got thrown directly into the fire against deandre freaking hopkins and i thought he had an excellent game you know he he didn't win them all like like da said you know he had some rough reps he but he was targeted five times in coverage he allowed one catch for 17 yards he stood up on a third down play to deandre hopkins on the first drive I think it was the second drive that he got targeted in the end zone against Rondale Moore and he ended up drawing an offensive pass interference that ended that and forced a field goal. Later in the game, he was stride for stride with Robbie Anderson down the field. He played 100% of the snaps in that game. And like you mentioned, he went off the field you know, with a cramp at one point, but he did not miss a snap and don't really need to go too deep to find the explanation for why he was cramping. I mean, he was in there giving it his all for the entire game. And for perspective, Chris Harris on the other side was targeted six times. He allowed four catches and was flagged twice. Early in the game, they were going at Alante. They were going at the rookie. But by the end of the game, they were like, yeah, you know what? We're going to go try to target Chris Harris because Alante was playing that well. And, you know, I, I think for all the things that went badly for as brutal as the defense has been, um, you know, one of the reasons it feels so drastically bad right now is because you do not have quality young depth at a lot of positions but with Alante Taylor looking like exactly what you thought he was as a second round pick at cornerback it makes you feel a little better about the defense as you go forward and you have to make some really difficult decisions in, in how you can start to fix this and what also I've been impressed with with Taylor since you know we got to see him from the start of training camp and going leading up into the season with everything is obviously the air of confidence he has about himself, very well-spoken, and you could just tell has a great football mind. And obviously, you need that on this defense uh, for sure. But he just seems someone that is able to, at that cornerback position, to when there is that bad play, to put it aside and, and get up for the next one. Like you said, there was a lot of controversy, or at least um, a lot of anger towards the pick when, you know, the Saints went after him going, oh, he's just going to be a, a special teams contributor in year one. Well, we're seeing a lot more from that right now and definitely how worthy he was of being that second second round pick for this team. Yeah, and he, and he is a, also a quality special teams contributor and you right. need those too when you see how bad this special teams unit has been, you know, like that's important. But yeah, when you talk to him, he does not seem like a rookie, you know, like, no. like you can usually tell when you're talking to a rookie and like you're still kind of get, getting the getting the ropes of like how to talk to the media and how to present themselves and like how to answer certain questions. I mean, he, he looks like a guy who's been doing it for years. I was going to say, yeah, some guys seem like they're, you know, like you said, that rookie being inexperienced, they're afraid to say something wrong. And Tay Taylor, there just, you know, always speaking what he's feeling. And he's, he, he's just, like I said, has that air of confidence and swag about him. You believe 
in him the way he believes in himself, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah, and this also wasn't a one-off, right? Like, he looked really good coming in uh, in relief of Marshawn Lattimore when Marshawn yeah. got ejected against the Bucks. right? Mm -hmm. Marshawn went out of the game. Tom Brady immediately, which, you know, you knew he was going to, right? Alante sure. Taylor, the rookie, comes on the field, and Tom Brady immediately goes at him. He had two pass breakups in that game, right? He, he kept the Saints alive late in that game by by forcing by forcing kicks. And, you know, so, you know, he he played well in that game. He hurt his knee in practice. He missed four weeks, comes back, looks every bit like that was not a mirage. He's going to be a good player. And like DA said, he's going to be involved in the defense going forward. So we're going to see a lot more of him, I'm sure, you know, and it's just going to be a question of who's available if you can get some of these some of these other guys back. But he's also a guy who you might you might incorporate into the slot. So maybe even if you do get both Marshawn Lattimore and Paulson Debo back, he's still a guy you can get on the field in that way. Um, but let's let's go. We, we've talked enough. You know, I don't want to spend too much time talking about good things, considering how badly <laughs> that game went. So, Steve, why don't you hit me with your first dud of uh, from week seven? I'm going with someone off the field. I know the players are there to make the plays. But for me, it's a guy not getting some players involved enough. And that's the offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael Jr. What do you know? Taysom Hill actually had a reception this game and it was a touchdown. But I feel like. It was wasn't enough Taysom involvement. I want to I wanted to see more, and it seemed like in that second half of the game, I think he had two touches after halftime, and then we didn't see him again. I made a comment. I had to make sure number seven was still even on the sideline just because of his lack of involvement with the game plan. I understand you're trying to play catch up and trying to stretch the field more in that second half, but still, I don't know. I just I need more Taysom. I I know they talked about. His rib injury still being an issue where he gets uh, sprayed with whatever before games to help numb the pain. So maybe you're trying to save your guy when the game was out of reach, but it just seems inexcusable to have one of your top weapons not involved at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't take as much issue with that just in the sense that so in seven games this season, so he's missed one of them. Week three, he was limited, so you don't want to look too much into that. Week two, he suffered another rib injury. That's what Kaylee Hartung reported at, uh, You know, during that game. is He had the rib injury in the preseason, and then he also cracked his rib again in week two, and that's what kept him out in week three. And so that's where he's been getting the numbing spray on the ribs. But even, even beyond that, like, you know, if we want to complain, we could complain about the entire season, but he had 26% of the snaps in week one. He got 30% of the snaps in week five. That was the game against the Seahawks. He got 21% of the snaps in week six, then he got 25% of the snaps in week seven. So if that's their kind of goal for him is to get him on the field for like 20 to 35% of the snaps and also be included in a lot of special teams action, I think that's where that's where you're at. And I do think the 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 position you were in in that game played a role, right? Like this is a guy who you know is susceptible to injury and you've seen it. He's also playing through a good bit of pain and it's hard to ask a guy to play through an injury in a game you're losing by 20 points and the quarterback is throwing pick six after pick six. Like, so I get it. I think if that game was closer, you would have seen him more. So I, I don't know. And I thought they were a little more creative with him in the first half, right? There was that one play where they stacked Kevin White, Marquez Calloway, and, and uh, Kamara, and he yeah. threw it out on the screen and he got a first down. You know, they threw him the ball, which is something I was asking for. So, you know, I, I give him credit for that. And he did complete two passes. You know, one of them was a long one to Chris Olave. So I don't know. Like, I would take more issue with the Rashid part. Like, I actually, I agree with the criticism of Pete Carmichael in the sense that, like, you know, Rashid Shahid should get more touches in a game, right? Rashid Shahid should get more than 10 snaps yeah, or at the very least get a play call it. for him. And they didn't do that. And so, 
I think there is still criticism of Pete Carmichael, even if I don't necessarily agree on the taste of the mill part. Yeah, now, going a little backtracking to, I guess I'll give an honorable mention, stud. Uh, you, you mentioned tight end. Jawan Johnson, a heck of a game for the Saints. Uh, I know this the, the team's hurting right now at the tight end position, but, you know, two scores for him, and I think he made five receptions. I know the team the team just needs more output from that position, and I feel like he's done decent when called upon. He just doesn't get enough looks as well, I feel like. Yeah, well, with, without him traveling out, who knows how long he's going to be out, but he's, I'm sure he's going to be more involved. Uh, but you, 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 you stole my my lane there man it's my turn to complain and you decided to go back into positivity we're not in positivity land right now we're negative nancy's at this part of the program okay (laughs) and to me the biggest dud in this game um, it's not andy dalton although he did have his struggles obviously it's marquez calloway it is a wide receiver who andy dalton loves (laughs) he targets marquez calloway he trusts him in big moments and, you know, I think part of the reason you trust Marquez Callaway is because he has excellent hands. He has shown throughout his career that he has excellent hands. We saw it against the Panthers when he went up and just snagged a touchdown that really should have been an interception late in that game as the Saints tried to make a comeback. And for him to have the game he did, you know, you, you squarely in the dud column, you know, and I think he would agree. He was the target on that initial touchdown in the red zone. You can't blame that on him, but he didn't. He didn't fight for the ball at the very least. You know, he was just kind of stayed covered. And that's been my biggest criticism of him prior to this game was he does not create separation well enough. He kind of stays covered way too often. And that's why, like, he makes a lot of spectacular catches, but it's because he has to make spectacular catches because he's never just wide open. And in this game, he finally did get open. On that pick six, he created separation. And it was almost like he was surprised by it. Because the ball came in, Andy Dalton, who we said earlier in the season, throws a very catchable ball. It's not coming in with the same pace as it might from Jameis. And so it's easier to catch. Well, maybe if it was coming a little faster, he wouldn't have popped it up in the air the way he did because it hit him directly in the hands. And then it just popped up in the air. And Marco Wilson, yes, that Marco Wilson, the formerly of LSU shoe-throwing fame, Marco Wilson, takes it and goes to the house. There was that really, I mean, you give credit to the photographer on that play because they had this incredible shot of Andy Dolan walking up the field, you know, <laughs> just with rage in his eyes and Marco Wilson like flying through the air into the end zone. It was Marco Wilson's going to have that framed over his fireplace in the near future, I imagine. But that's not what you want to see from Marquez Callaway. And when I say Andy Dalton loves Marquez, you can see it on the next way, literally the next play right back to him, right back to him, <laughs> right back to him. A couple plays later, he goes to him down the sideline. And Marquez gets the ball in his hand. It gets dislodged. It goes out of bounds. Got to hold on to that ball. Like, he had time to secure it. And I, I get it. He took a big hit. But, you know, when, when you are now the goat of that game because you had that terrible play, you got to get your quarterback back. And he had a chance to do it right there. And he was not able to. Next play. Very next play. Andy Dalton gets hit. You know, I still think he should have done a better job of being aware of the rush. That's been my, one of my criticisms of him is, you know, I get it. He's getting hit. He's getting pressure. But, you know, it's like it's on the quarterback to some extent to be aware of where the pressure is coming from and to get the ball out or at the very least protect the ball. And, you know, if if Marquez Callaway catches that ball, you're probably running on that play, right? So gets hit. The ball ends up in Isaiah Simmons' hands. And the second that happened, you're like, well, shit. Because, you know, Isaiah Sims might be the fastest guy on the field. Like, he, if you're, if you're throwing an interception to somebody in the middle of the field with nobody around him, you know, you just got to hope that he stumbles. Because Isaiah Simmons is going all the way, and that's what he did. 
And, you know, Marquez, you know, he only had six targets in the game. He caught two of them for 20 yards. You got to do more than that. You got to do more than that. And and he's a dud in this game for me. Yeah, and unfortunately, he's put in the position again where he's, I guess you would say, playing, has to play up from where he really should be on this wide receiving depth chart because of the injuries. But that's not an excuse. Like, when when you're called upon, you need to be there. And, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, he's been a big physical target someone that you have been able to rely upon in the past, but there's just so many, I guess you'd say so many dirty hands in all this. It's hard to really pinpoint, you know, just two guys as we're doing as duds, but because there's, there's plenty of blame to go around here. Yeah. And you know, since you got to Damon honorable mention stud, <laughs> I'm going to also give it to Chris Olave. This is another yes. game where Chris Olave had 14 targets. You know, if you look at this, if you look at this score sheet, one of the things that stands out, is on both sides. These teams had star receivers that were the prime focus in the passing game. Both DeAndre Hopkins and Chris Olave had 14 targets. DeAndre caught 10 of them for 103 yards. Olave caught seven of his for 106 yards. His long came from actually from Taysom Hill. That was that 41-yard catch and run. I think he's 10th in the league in targets this season. He's, I want to say, 5th in the league in, in receiving yards. The Saints have played an extra game, but he hasn't. He's played roughly the same as everyone else. Uh, Cause he did miss that game. So, you know, there's a few things you can say with positivity. And one is that two of your top three rookies have been standout performers and you, you haven't seen Trevor Penning yet, but you have high hopes for him. So, you know, as you go forward at the very least, you can say they, this rookie class looks good, but you know, the veterans don't, the veterans have been struggling and I'm going to give an honorable dud to a position group because it's hard to pick one. But the interior D-line absolutely has not done it. You know, David Onyemata is the is supposed to be the leader of that group. Have not heard his name nearly enough. You know, Eno Benjamin ran for 92 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, this just was an ugly an ugly performance all around. And we could sit here all day and, and talk about all the struggles. Like Nick Vanette finally got his chance, and he couldn't hold up in the blocking game. So that's not a good look for him. Um, it's just It just wasn't good. No, and I think one one of the big disappointments all season you just had mentioned in uh, a guy like David Onyemata, you know, he, he went through that six-game suspension last year, and so when he came back, there was a little bit of, oh, he's just getting back in the motion, getting into game shape, knocking off that rust, but it just doesn't seem like he's ever returned to form pre, you know, pre-suspension, and I, I don't know, maybe a guy that needed those performance enhancing drugs to be a factor because at this point since coming back now he has not been i don't know about that <laughs> it's being a bit harsh but i mean what am i supposed to think right now yeah, he's not playing well but but i mean like the, so the reason i don't i don't like that statement is you know in a lot of instances the peds are like weight loss pills well, we, like we need it to get- doesn't mean he's, he was taking steroids. Like that's, that's why I don't, I don't like that statement. Cause like, you know, remember, remember with Deuce way back when with the right, star, the star caps fiasco, like right. when you're saying performance enhancing substances, all of that is lumped together. Right. So like in, in a lot of cases with linemen, you have weight clauses in your contracts. And so you're trying to get under that. And so I, I, I'm not going to go there with, with that. Well, I, I don't get, think that's a fair thing. Let's get some weight back on him then, please. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, he's not playing well, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there and say, oh, well, maybe if he's still like, because we don't know what, what that, what the issue was. Um, anyway, anyone else you want to throw under the bus there, Steve? Uh, I guess there's a lot of saints you could throw under the bus right now. It just, uh, my biggest problem though is a lot of it is 
Uh, you mentioned with the Dennis Allen and, and his play calling, I just think having three defensive coordinators, especially right now, looks ridiculous. And then just, I don't agree with a lot of usage of guys. Shahid, Taysom Hill, uh, Pete Carmichael, not giving the ball to Alvin Kamara more in the red zone situations. I think it's absolutely ludicrous. The guy's got AK, Alvin Kamara, one of the league's top running backs, zero, zero touchdowns this year. And I know that's, that definitely makes fantasy football fans furious. Yeah, unless you have Taysom Hill, because Taysom <laughs> right. Hill is tied for the NFL lead in touchdowns for well, for non-quarterbacks. I guess as much as I'm complaining about his lack of usage, right, he's still got the bulk of the, the scores for this team right now. Yeah, right. funny thing is, like, if Taysom Hill had failed more in the red zone, I think Alvin Kamara would have touchdowns. Because, like, you, you give Taysom that chance, and he yeah. goes, and, he's, and he, he fails, and then it probably gets handed to Alvin Kamara on second down. In a lot of instances, you're scoring on first down with Taysom Hill, but it's, it's weird. And, yeah, I don't have anyone else I want to throw under the bus either, but there may be some players I want to put on a bus. Oh. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that when we come back here on Inside Black & Go, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. Is it time? Is it time for a fire sale? Let's talk about it. 